Welcome to episode 27 of Scare Zone Halloween Horror Nights podcast, and we're back on track, Chris. We got any, not really a whole lot of news yet, but we got a great guest on the show today. We do. We're actually speaking to not the director of <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights, but we're talking to the director of <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights commercial. Yes. So many iconic commercials, and uh, you guys, you've seen his work, whether that was through The Caretaker, through Bloody Mary, through Lady Luck. He did pretty much everybody you can imagine sort of in those core years of icons, uh, including some of the Jack years. Maybe not that initial first Jack year, but after that, he worked with them quite a bit. And the uh, the Sweet 16 year. What else am I missing here? The um, uh, He did The Caretaker, The Storytelling Year. The New Line Year. The New Line characters. Yeah, and Lady Luck as well. Right. So he really dives into this. And this guy, we kind of find out a few minutes into the interview what else he's done, not just Horror Nights related, and it kind of blows me away. Uh, but you guys can hear that when uh, when it's time, and I, I look forward to you guys taking a listen to this interview. Before we get there, Chris, is anything happening? Uh, absolutely nothing so far. <laughs> <laughs> Although we have had uh, from Mike Aello through his account, he tweeted out that one of the code names is Checkmate. Yes, I saw that, oh. and they he, they kind of trolled us on that. It was the day yes. after we released, which this is why I love Mike and I love the Horror Nights team. It was the day after we released an episode, so I kind of just joking around, like, you know, joking around, said, "Ha, you know, um, you know, the the curse continues," and oh. you know, the day after we release. Always uh, an announcement happens, and it happened, and he put, you know, we planned it that way, and then him, Patrick uh, from Horror Nights, he also chimed in and said, of course, that that's what they're doing to us, and just joking around, but it's good to hear that they still have a, uh, hopefully they still like what we do here, and we're excited to actually share some news, so any speculation on what on what that uh, code name can be, what Checkmate can uh, be? Well, the fan community has been sort of speculating quite heavy that it's The Shining, but okay. it would be such a huge mountain to climb in order to get that property in particular. Yeah, um, that it may be a mountain that, unfortunately, because of the chap that kind of owns the rights to it, if if he does own the, I don't, we don't know if he owns the film rights, but we know obviously Stephen King wrote the book, right? Um, and he has, for many many years, been approached by all sorts of companies, and he's been on the record uh, as saying that he is not interested in theme parks whatsoever. So, yeah, so we don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Why? Um, maybe this is just because I haven't watched the film in many years. Why would Checkmate connect with that? Um, well, we've posted on our blog at hhnunofficial.com okay. quite a long list of why it would. But gotcha. off the top of my head, there's. If you if you play chess and you checkmate, you've taken the king. Gotcha. So, you know. Okay. Well, we, I mean, we'll see. We're holding straws here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll see what happens and we'll see where that goes. Let's go ahead and take a listen to our interview and our guest, Dean Carr. All right. Chris Ripley always brings us the most fun guest, the most interesting guest. Chris, who do we have today? Uh, well, today we are sitting down to talk to Mr. Dean Carr. Dean, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and it's really great to talk to you guys. Oh, we're thrilled to have you on. I mean, I've just gotten some of the basic information from Chris of sort of your your background, but um, man, it seems like you've had a, a, an awesome history with the Horror Nights brand. But I'm, I'll let uh, I'll defer to Chris to to lead um, this. At least take the first question. <laughs> well, yeah, um, talking to Dean, uh, I've obviously been aware of uh, your involvement with Halloween Horror Nights for a number of years, um, and my research says that your uh, relationship with Universal Studios, uh, when you first started working with them on the Halloween Horror Nights uh, commercials, was back in 2004. Is that right? Well, eh, if I had to uh, 
think of the dates, I would uh, be outdating myself. But uh, surely the first first uh, season we did was for the Caretaker. Very nice. Black and white, uh, black and white down in the morgue, uh, which was might still be one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, that's. I mean, that is a brilliant commercial. How did that relationship? You know, how did you get in the room with Universal? How did that all come about? I was brought in to direct the job uh, through a company here in California called David and Goliath, which is a very cool creative um, um, agency here. And um, they had an idea what they wanted to do. And um, as as normally, we go through their uh, boards and revisions of boards, and uh, then they send me out to the storyboard uh, after I digest what they are wanted to put on the screen and then how I see putting it on the screen and we go to work. And, uh, that year we did it. We did it in Orlando. We, we go back and forth year to year. Sometimes it's in LA, sometimes it's in Orlando, but that, that was uh, the first year was that one. And it was through David and Goliath. Oh, wow. Was that one filmed in LA or was that in Orlando? That one? That was Orlando. So that was really a thrilling to go down there and see the, uh, the the big brain of the operation that's uh, it, down there, it's uh, it's it's just great to see how those guys work year round to get that that uh, that event up and running with the new uh, characters each year, and um, and it's a lot of fun down there too. So we we basically live live at one of the three or four uh, um, hotels that are right. joined by the. They want it specifically done this way, and we'll do it that way, and then maybe we'll do it three other ways too and see what works best in the end. Very cool. Chris? Um, I noticed on your resume you've uh, done a number of the commercials for Halloween Horror Nights that featured Jack the Clown. Um, Jack is played, obviously, by James uh, Keaton, who's a friend of the show. We've interviewed him last year. Yeah. I just wondered if you had any memories yeah. of, of working with James. He was just, uh, just what a great guy to work with. Uh, full of full of uh, humor, uh, conversation. He really got his character really well, um, and we, it was mainly that year was for the the main print campaign for the billboards and flyers and merchandise and such. And um, it was a long day. I remember it was a really long photo shoot. We did thousands thousands of shots, and uh, it, we used the the latest digital Hasselblad for that. And it, it, really looks great i was just going through through those shots getting ready for you guys and just remembering the good times we had it is interesting to hear you know, the ones you worked on whether it was the caretaker working with jack or that uh year with the with the main new line characters those have become the years that people often refer back to those are the ones that people talk about a lot the caretakers brought up almost every year is could the caretaker be returning is there something to you about building those characters when you're involved in those situations that you knew you were creating something that may outlast just a typical marketing campaign? Well, I'm always a believer in less is more and not giving away too much uh, right. over-the-top obvious horror, which I think worked well also for the uh, the No Future one in the tent. Um, with all, we, Especially when you have a lot of characters, it's... Uh, it's uh, not the easiest thing to retain a, a, a scare effect, right. um, but the uh, no future in the tent was great. It was just a quick flashback to each guy in their in their uh, in their character mode, and uh, 
um, an example like the Sweet Sixteen one, I I felt had too many characters going on there. <laughs> There's just a lot of characters. But it it, it worked well. I mean, I just watched. Uh, well, I watched the uh, I watched the No Future Intent one. That one is amazing. And a lot of these things you guys have seen over the years. And if you want to get refreshed, uh, Dean posts them on his website, which is deancar.com, K-A-R-R. And we'll tweet about it and post it on our social media as well. Because it's honestly fun to go back and watch some of these and to see how, uh, just how the event has has changed over the years. Whether it was, like you said, whether it was those years, the the No Future in the 10th one, whether it was Jack or the uh, or even the director or someone like that. But I'm sure, Chris, uh, you've got more. You've got more. Uh, more content. Yeah. What? Yeah. What's What's been your favorite commercial to work on? Because you've worked on quite a number of them. I mean, even as far up as uh, a Lady Luck and going all the way back to the Caretaker and the original icon. So. Yeah. The here's the cool thing about the Caretaker. It was It was our first year coming in to do this. It was myself and my producer Arthur Gorson, and I believe um, our DP's name was Chuck Overese, and we thought it cool to do it black and white. And uh, as I said, less is more with that one, but the character was so scary. And the local channels were getting <laughs> hundreds of phone, call, phone, phone calls from the public saying these are too scary for kids. They have to be on after 11 o'clock at night. Uh, they were, the news in Orlando was interviewing uh, child psychologists and things like that trying to, they were trying to ban the commercial. Uh, attendance at the park went up 300%, and uh, we just had a home run with that. So uh, That's great. I think that was a, that was easy to uh, invite us back for the next next season after after we uh, escalated the uh, attendance so well. That's great to hear. I love hearing that story, because I remember those ads very specifically. I was living in Orlando during the time of uh, that whole caretaker in the Islands of Fear when all of that happened. So, to hear that's awesome, and, and it's I'm curious with the fact when you're do you feel like obviously when you hear it's 300 uh, percent you know attendance records broken you know, and it's crazy and things are going really well, but when are you getting any any uh, heat of you say um, when those uh, ads are potentially getting pulled? Do I or, personally get any heat? No, but I they thought you did your job. They, have, they, they well, that's how I chalk up the success is like when I did. Marilyn Manson's Sweet Dreams video, it's like I gauged the success on that and how many mothers across America or the world we'd have pissed off with that one. Oh, yeah, you just breeze over that one, by the way, that you directed. I mean, if you look at the the list of videos, we're talking Horror Nights, guys, but we're talking uh, Marilyn Manson's Sweet Dreams, and I'm, I'm going to pull I looked at it earlier, a, a pretty hefty list of music videos that a lot of us grew up on, and then, you know, even some more recent stuff as well. Thank you. Yes, yeah, we we have a lot of fun doing what we do, and they're not all scary ones, but, uh, you know, we, but a lot we of do Willie Nelson, <laughs> Willie Nelson, Stevie Nicks, and Dave Matthews Band, too, but I like the scary ones. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these, yeah, because I was a huge Dave fan, still am, but in, in those 90s, man, the Crash video, you have, um, this, is all, this list is pretty impressive, Three Days Grace, the Three Doors Down Kryptonite video, anyone who grew up in the late 90s knows that, Queen of Stone Age, no one knows, these are huge, iconic music videos, I didn't know till right now. Uh, that you did those, so I feel like I need to have you on a different podcast to just talk about these because that just sort of that shaped so much of um, pop culture in that time frame. And I'm flipping through these; I'm just blown yeah. away. So again, we're gonna have you when, when I know our audience is interested in horror nights. I'm interested in this stuff. I, I gotta have you on one of my other uh, non horror nights related to just talk about shaping 
the culture. But in some ways, when I'm looking at these videos, when I look at the corn videos or I'm looking at even the Stone Age videos, there is a different, a different, uh, a specific kind of style that you do have that I could see how it kind of uh, could work yeah. perfectly with Horror Nights. Was that something that you brought to the table that they were excited to work with you because they knew about this, these other projects that you had, had worked on previously? That definitely helped get me in the room. Yeah, I so, can uh, imagine. Yes. And uh, so let, let's see. We came back after the caretaker. I think then I did the print campaign for, uh, I call her the storyteller, but I think she was called the Tales of Terror. Yeah. yeah. Everyone calls it the storyteller. You're right. You're, you're fine with that. <clears throat> yeah. So, and she came out very nice. They were great billboards. And uh, I did not do the commercial for that. I'm not really sure what, or who did that, but uh, I would have thought we would have been back to do that after the great success with the caretaker one. I think then after that, we jumped into the director, which we shot here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, we did the print, we did the uh, print campaign and the uh, commercial uh, on the same set over two days. I'm pretty darn sure it was over two days. You know what? I'm taking that back <laughs> because there's a funny story. We, we, we did the print portion at an old theater in downtown Los Angeles. And we came to Orlando to do the commercial. And um, the actor uh, who played the director ended up uh, at a party a little far out of town the night before the shoot. And he got left at this party, and he had a horrible time trying to find a way back to the... to the... uh, premises there it might have been after we wrapped and it was the day it was a long time ago but but uh, there was definitely a story involved that might have involved sneaking out of the bathroom window because of something somebody's boyfriend or something ah uh, we'll have to have him on at some point i know that uh james mentioned working with him before james keaton who is jack obviously and he said that uh that, that the guy who played the um, the director kind of was unaware of his celebrity in Florida. I think that that happens. And I know I'm glad that you went to Florida and saw it, but he was shocked that he was, I think James said that he was on a shot glass <laughs> that people could buy yeah. his face on all these things. Does your brain go into that mode when you're crafting these, making merchandise and knowing that, that it's going to be not just perceived as a print campaign and merchandise camp or a print campaign and a video campaign. Often these images are used everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, we get as much use of usage out of everything as we can, and uh, surely it uh, helps the spread the name and the, the brand of uh, Halloween Horror Nights. It's it's the hugest in the country. Um, yeah, Johnny his was he was the director. He was a, definitely an interesting guy. He's in a rock band here in Los Angeles. I, I hadn't known him before the casting, but he really uh, gave me a good <laughs> creepy casting. So. Uh, <laughs> He got the job, and I haven't seen him in years, but it'd be fun to see him again. I'm sure he'd tell me that story, and it'd come back in my head in a second. Yeah, I'm sure we'd, we'd love to have him on here, too. It's always fun to connect with the guys that were these icons, because like I said, they're kind of unaware sometimes of their... Like, Jack James knows just because he's there. Well, these guys don't know how big of a deal it is. And we talked about the Sweet 16 one. I was just curious, because... Yep, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It's a national epidemic, and people flying from from states all over the place to do that and uh, so after let's see we did the uh, I guess Jack the Clown photo shoot was after the director yeah I think we did the, when Jack came yeah. back and 
And Jack was, we only did the uh, the print portion of that. That was uh, the one I spoke of earlier. Working with him was great. And um, didn't do a TV spot for that one. And we came back the next year when we did Sweet 16. Would that have been the next year or maybe a couple years after? Yeah, no, I think it was, the Jack, there were two Jack years back to back, right, Chris? Yeah, early on there was two Jack years back to back, and then uh, Sweet Sixteen was right before when uh, Jack had the okay, that's the, the New Line Cinema. All right, so yeah. Sweet Sixteen, and and I'm curious your thoughts on this because James even brought up that visually it was even hard for him to, and, and he he I think he even felt in the interview I think he talked to us about it that he even felt for you that you have these iconic characters that you, that's been created that are very creepy whether it's the caretaker or the storyteller, uh, the the uh, director all in kind of a, a vibe that very much is is your style but then you have this very loud bright jack the clown was it how was it working that in well i i, I was overwhelmed to have all all it was like all of my children in the in the room with me at the same time it, it was really neat to see them all together and i thought that was great shot over the uh, glass face casket when they all came in right. the set was beautiful the hallway i wish we could see more of the set cuz it was really beautiful and uh, that, man, I'm pretty darn sure we shot that in L.A. Yeah, I think he said it that was in L.A. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah I think it so. came out somewhere in the valley. But uh, the, the production, it's. I wish we had more time to air, you know, put into these things. Like, I make them a minute or something. And they're uh, historically so accepted. I think people would love to see like minute edits of these things. But paying more attention to the the details. Oh. Speaking of the details, I think the one when we did Bloody Mary just knocked that out of the park. Oh, that's we talked about oh, this last man. week. Bloody Mary is is sometimes you know when you hear about the icons, a lot of these ones pop up: caretaker Jack, storyteller, and the director. Bloody Mary was though. I mean, I think it was my wife's first year to Horror Nights, and she is not the biggest horror fan, but just sort of fell in love with the imagery behind Bloody Mary. Her her room was so. So done so well, and that that actress was absolutely uh, would give you goosebumps with her heavy breath and her nails. She was really great. And that was one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Um, how much uh, creative control does Universal give you? I mean, do you ever have any kind of you know artistic differences with them over things? Um, there's definitely discussions about any of the major things. Um, there's definitely a lot of discussion about like the the Coca-Cola things and the tags at the end. Well, that's that's actually the people from Coca-Cola that are very picky about how the bottles look and stuff. But we we want them to look great, and we spend the time to make all that stuff look great. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, every, it's a huge collaboration, you know, between the agency and the the client, Universal, and myself. That. What I love about I I enjoy the filmmaking more than the print stuff because I like everybody bringing their talents to the table. Whether it's my production designer David Fitzpatrick or my director of photography, everyone's got such great ideas. And when you're in that room and that room's built and it just looks great, you you can shoot it twenty different ways and they'd all be all be amazing. That's really great to hear. I, I I'm thrilled to hear this conversation with you because I think this is something that Horror Nights fans don't necessarily get because they don't hear 
we, we all love the ad campaign. And even in recent history, we've all wanted even more that's, that's come out. So it's exciting to hear sort of those iconic years. You've also gone down the street and done a Bush Gardens ad. I saw that for Hollow Scream, which our, our, yes, our audience is cool with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've done, I think, three of those. Really uh, had a fun one this last year. And uh, they're always fun, too. I, love, I wish I could do them all. Was that a direct, essentially did the Horror Nights years and then they came to you to do Hollow Scream? I think they came to find me after they saw the results we were giving Universal. Going back to uh, my favorite year, which was the Jack the Clown year with the the New Line Cinema characters, did you have to sit down with New Line Cinema um, and discuss what you could and couldn't do and what they wanted to achieve from the marketing campaign? It's funny because, remember this, I'm actually holding the cards in my hand right now. I could scan. Wow. How much you want for them? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Get a bit in war going now. <laughs> if you ever need to make a quick buck, now remember, that's how you can do it. <laughs> I'm going to go back and quickly just look at Jack the Clown is holding. The campaign was him holding Freddie, Jason, and Leatherface in front of the old uh, uh, upright circus thing. Right. And now I'm. This is great because I'm, for the first time ever, realizing that these cards were used again in no future when, when he slaps. Well, okay. I'm, I'm behind you guys. I thought that that Jack holding the cards was the print campaign from the year I shot. It all it runs was. together. I think they're, I'm not sure. Jack the clown holding the cards with the old circus <laughs> is, is the print campaign to go with no future. Right. I'm a, a dum dumb. Okay. Hey, you've yeah. done a lot of Holy. these, sir. They run together. You, you're... <laughs> it, it, it's called the Halloween Horror Nights blur. We all suffer with it. Don't yep. worry. Exactly. All <laughs> years run together. So yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. So that print goes with that commercial. I thought that print was like two years before we did that commercial. Do you no. keep a lot of those things around? Like you said, you still have the props sitting in front of you. Is it, do you collect a little bit of of each year productions? I have all the. Uh, Stuff like from uh, Caretaker. I have the, I have a set of uh, cards here from No Future. I don't know that I have much else. More lately, I've been keeping more of that stuff from the corn video and I'm say from music videos and things. Not just these productions, just but in general, you're like you, yeah. you keep something on hand. Yeah, I got a pretty good museum going over here. It's more uh, like Angus Young statues from ACDC nice. albums we shot. Uh, a lot of Iron Maiden's heads and stuff from the uh, Rock and Rio movie we directed. Oh sure, yeah. There's it's for probably forty signed guitars here at the house from all your favorite bands. That's awesome. But uh, and then it's my extent of merchandise from the Halloween Horror Nights is not that not that huge. I have a lot of Polaroids and stuff, original Polaroids, and. Uh, Hey, the cards alone are enough. I think that's become so iconic, and I believe they even reused those. And, and Chris, maybe you can count, you can say for wrong. I think they even reused some of those photos in one of the, like the Singapore Horror Nights or something like that fairly recently. I'm not they sure. may have done. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah, so I mean, it's pretty awesome to see that well, those things live they on. Did a, I'm holding them in my hand, and they're just great. They, the illustrations are so beautiful. 
Well, man, this has been awesome. I'm sure Chris, Chris probably has some more stuff, but I'm just thrilled to just talk to you about these commercials. And, and uh, I can't wait to just dig more deep into your website. I think people should go, even if you're not, I mean, obviously if you're looking for, to, to reach out to Dean or to book him, if you're, Hey, if you're doing a commercial or a photo or a live event, he's obviously an incredibly talented guy and he has a great group. But to just play around on your website to see your stuff, it's just at Dean Carr, D-E-A-N-K-A-R-R.com. Go there and just play around because it is a blast. Like I said, I'm learning more just during this during this uh, interview than I did before, man, because it really is great to see your work and to, to celebrate it. Because like I said, beyond Horror Nights, I mean, the music videos alone, you're talking about uh, content that really shaped a generation of, of people. It's really awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. I wish we were doing more of those, but uh, I know just the that, not what it used to be. Yeah, I work in the exact opposite. I do film and video stuff as well, but uh, here in Nashville, for a while, we were getting booked on a lot of music videos, either country music or even like Christian music videos. But that sadly is just the lyric video seems to sadly have replaced too much of this in the music video realm. It's been a bummer for us because it was such a fun, creative place to play around in, and just sadly has kind of just gone away, especially in. In, uh, in the media here. I mean, occasionally you'll have a country music video, but not quite like it was. Yeah, absolutely not. That's sad. And it's sad for the bands, too. It's, yeah. It's really uh, seeing everybody yeah, we... take a hit from that. Before, when I knew 150 people that worked at record labels, I might might know 5 to 10 now. It's, they all wow. lost their jobs, the labels closed, they're all either selling real estate or move back home with mom and dad or something. Let, let's, was, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a bummer. And I hate that because we did a music video here even last year that was fully produced and finished and they ended up just trashing it and, and making it into a lyric video and used a few of our clips. They're like, that's what people want. And I'm like, oh, you got it. You drive me crazy. Uh, it was, it was, it's, it's can be nauseating, but let's not end on a negative note. Chris, I'm going to, I'm going to defer to you. To, to end this in a in a fun positive way. Um, what with one last question? Okay, let's make it a good one. Make it good. Yeah, Chris, the pressure's all on you, sir. Okay, I know because uh, from from our fans that the, the messaging and talk to us, they're always 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 on about Jack the Clown. So I need to finish up on Jack. Um, directed Michael Keaton. It, it, Michael James, James Keaton. Keaton. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I was talking about Birdman right before we recorded this. Um, how is he does he play the the act does he get it does he is he more of a character actor in terms of is he uh that character all the time or is he just for the setup or does he live and breathe it i mean how does he you know physically i mean and, and the makeup i mean how long does that take to get into character i'm, I'm sorry what uh, I lost you there for a second. Of my other I think point. he was asking is when you work with these characters and specifically Jack, but I think with any of these guys, do they become more of method actors where you can't get them out of these roles? Are they in the role the whole time or are they, uh, are they goofing around? <laughs> Jack's a funny guy. He, he, I mean, he, he gets into character, but, um, he, he, he'll be playing pranks and stuff on people that, they all know, know when to turn it on and when to have a good time. I think it's everybody, including the director and the um, caretaker, was very serious guy. He, he's from Orlando too. Yes, we've had some connections with him. Yeah. We've been wanting to have him on. It just hasn't worked out quite yet. J- James said that as yeah. well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he was very serious. Yeah, he was great. And uh, yeah, no, 
I, I, I have not had a problem uh, getting out of any of these people what, what we need to put in front of the camera. It's, they've all been great. That's awesome. It's great to hear. And again, we're just thrilled to have you on. And we'd love to have you on uh, again in the future to talk more about uh, your involvement, not just in Horror Nights. And uh, like I said, we do, Chris and I both do separate podcasts and more because I think your work needs to be celebrated. We need to be talking about it um, because uh-huh. when you really do look at this list, it's it's incredibly impressive. And uh, for those of us that grew up um, not only in the time for Horror Nights, but what else you were doing, whether through live events or through music videos or photo shoots, it's really great. And it's really um it's really overwhelming your catalog and it's worth again guys go play around on his website and we'll link it if you click the screen right now you'll see a link to go take a look is there anything else coming up for you that we can help share the word or promote for you a little ski trip <laughs> i'm finally getting out of here and gonna go get on the mountain for a few days go enjoy Relax. Uh, it was a busy year last year and uh uh it was a great year last year the corn video uh, came out great a lot of other fun projects last year and just looking for the right ones for the new year here. All right. Well, we'll keep a watch on your stuff. Thank you so much. And we really appreciate you coming on to scare zone and, and informing our audience what it's like to be uh, behind the scenes in these amazing commercials. Thank you. Guys. All right. Well, I feel very informed now and a little embarrassed due to the fact that I didn't know of this guy's uh, huge resume coming in. So it's been a crazy week here and uh, I felt a little unprepared, but that was a pretty great uh, interview. Great find there, Mr. Ripley. Well, you know, we, um, we we do like to try, don't we? But <laughs> Yeah. Let's figure out how to creatively title this, because you're right, because he's the director of the director. So it'll have to be like episode 27, Dean yeah. Carr, director of HHN ads or well, commercials or something. We'll figure it out. He's the director of the director. The director of the director. See, that's very confusing. I think uh, our audience, they're smart, but that is, uh, that's a little too, uh, it's a little too Hitchcockian. Ah. And speaking of Hitchcock, you're working on a new yes. book, but uh, <laughs> I am, and it's it's nearly release time. Awesome. I was told it was going to be the first of February, but I think it may be a week later. So if you keep watching this space, you should see a Hitchcock book pop up very soon. Fantastic! And if you want to get hey, Scare Zone, we're we're getting closer to uh, we're getting closer to St. Patrick's Day. Still a few months away, but if you want to get your see you at Finnegan shirts, they are perfect for St. Patrick's Day, and people are always wearing them out to the parks. And you can get other shirts as well at ScareZone.com. And man, it's just uh, it's awesome. And I feel like I feel like we're finally almost there. We're almost at the time where things are going to start heating up. Well, this time last year, um, we had quite a lot of rumors circulating, and they a lot of those came true. So yeah, Krampus was confirmed. Like, I think last uh, last yeah. June. <laughs> yeah, and it was in February when we first heard about Krampus. Yeah, so, so. We, we potentially could be getting some real legit uh, speculation. I have speculation, almost confirmations coming up pretty shortly. Well, if the, if the curse of Scare Zone continues, by the time this has gone out, we may even have a house announcement. How about that? Don't you do it to us, Mike. Come on. <laughs> you don't have to tell us what. We'll keep quiet. Just tweet, yeah. like, send me a message or whatever. Call me, say, hey, Logan, just hold it for a day. Because I will. <laughs> it's all right, man. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week on ScareZone. As always, uh, follow us on all our social medias, SZ Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, and Facebook.com slash ScareZone. ScareZone.com for the latest episodes and for that store where you can not only pick up Chris's books, you can go to Scott's eBay store. Scott's got to come back on here soon. we got to reach out to Scott see what he's doing uh, right now. And then, but he's a busy man, very, very busy man. And then, coming up very soon, you can obviously find out some other guests. And we got some great guests lined up, folks. Some, some, some top-notch guests. Some people coming back from last year. 
and some brand new guests that you're not going to want to miss. Some talking about 26, some talking about the future, and some, like our guest today, uh, talking about sort of the golden years of Horror Nights. That needs to be your next book, Chris. The Golden Years of Halloween. God, God, it sounds like the Golden Girls of uh, Halloween. I think now we're in the Silver Age. Like the Golden Age would have been probably 2000 to whatever year Lady Locke happened, and then a couple okay. couple years of, of of not necessarily knowing, and then starting maybe at 25, and with with that and going into Chance. Now we're back into now we're in the Silver Age. This is the HHN Renaissance. Exactly. I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. As always, keep your eyes closed and your ears open, and we'll see you at Finnegan's. <laughs>